0: But, uh, you know, we're back in another episode of the All About Ability podcast. I've started doing the intro in the actual podcast itself because in the intro that we made, I look a lot fatter than I do now, so I thought... <laughs> I, think it, I think it's
1: easier. To, I know, I imagine that when to shaved your beard and like, who's this guy? So I think doing it doing it live is a good, <laughs> good
0: thing. <time. laughs> exactly. Somebody said to me, like, you look so much slimmer than you do in your actual intro that I made like two months ago, so I was like, I'm going to just start doing it now. Anyway, that's what I'm talking about, James. I just tend to ramble on. It's very rare in my podcast. I've done 70 odd episodes now by this point, And it's very rare that we have, I guess it's been on twice.
1: I've already yeah. tapped you up to come on a third time as well. <laughs> so that's brilliant. I'm going to ruin
0: this podcast. Exactly. I mean, you would definitely be a, a, a first, third time. guest. to be fair. Dan Connor be, might be chasing you on that. I don't know, we'll see. Start, but, don't start name-dropping <laughs> but. <laughs> but James Gardner, look, I actually, you know, you do a lot, have a lot of conversations with people, right? And, but the conversation we had around about this time last year is something I've really not forgotten about Um, because it was really one of the big reasons why I started the podcast was to showcase disability and raise awareness and things like that. And the way you talked about your relationship with your brother and things, it was just really, it really connected with me and I think at that point in my sort of journey, I was going to a bit of a bad time and didn't necessarily do your podcast justice in terms of promoting it and getting it out there and things like that. But it's definitely something that really stuck with me. And, and I was just wanted to say that to you, first of all, and say, how, how are you doing? How's Alexander doing? It's great. So just... Um
1: for anyone that doesn't know, obviously my older brother Alexander, who's who's born in seventy six, so he's gonna be forty-seven. So he, he he's like he's like eight years older than me. My older brother Alexander has got a quadriplegic cerebral palsy. Um so he can't walk, he can't talk, and he communicates with his eyes up for yes, down for no. Um so the conversation we had, I mean, it was really interesting because when I came on here and I think it was maybe even about a year and a half ago, Kieran, I think it was I think it was mid sort of lockdown, if I recall. I don't think it was, it wasn't before the first lockdown and it wasn't after the end of everything. I think it was kinda, it was before the studio uh, got a glow up. It was, yeah. be, it was before he did a glow up on the the, the studio. Um, So it was actually, I don't, want to be, I don't want to be too dramatic. Although if my girlfriend's watching, she'll say it's very hard for me to not be too dramatic because I'm a highly dramatic person, man. I am all about the drama. Um. It was kind of life-changing for me the, the podcast that we did so don't put it down because th- for me it was a it was a kind of seismic moment because I've lived a life being a brother and friend and carer to, to Alexander but I'd never really thought about I suppose my position in terms of social responsibility and actually maybe using that experience and trying to advocate more or help and understanding and awareness for people with disabilities. And I'd never really I'd never really thought about it in terms of anything other than me, myself, my family, my brother. I've never thought about it from anyone else. Um so it was it was it was brilliant. Yeah, so we we'll just paused for the post <laughs> so, confused there. I was like was um, So did I. As long as it was an patch he was handing or a court summons were alright. Um so no, I thought it was I thought it was a brilliant podcast and it was really thought provoking and uh, I'm, I'm sure I nearly cried at one point. Um and uh, yeah, well, it was it was really good. So Alexander's excellent, he he's good, he's in he's in good health. Um and uh, I've probably since then as inspired by well, what we spoke about and you're to blame now because I've got this huge sense of grievance, which we can come to, I'll give you a chance to talk in a minute. I've uh, got a huge and grievance now with the world um, and the world of inclusion, because uh, I feel like I'm being missed out. Um, but no, Alexander's good, and since then I have actually done like quite a few TikToks with my brother. I mean, I've even had a TikTok account before uh, I was here. Um, I've done quite a few videos about my brother, um, really, just to try and highlight how brilliant a personality is. Because I don't know if you feel it sometimes in the wheelchair. But sometimes people just they just see past Alexander because they don't know what's there. You know, he's he's profoundly disabled in terms of appearance. It's it's overwhelming uh, for people, Um, according to my girlfriend, and she was very honest enough to, to say that. So for me, it was to kind of highlight how brown he is, how funny he is, uh, all these sorts of things. So no, uh, it was a great podcast and I'm delighted to be back.
0: Well, well I, I don't really know where to start from there. It's, 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 um first of all, very kind words. And I really appreciate you saying that. I think that the the whole point of the podcast really is to raise awareness in that way. And, and you having that experience with your brother and, and going through that life, you know, you said that before that kind of thing, you're 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 very focused on your own situation. But I think that everyone has, you know, there's so many, there's so many times I've met people where they've been like, you know, before I met you, I never even thought about this. Mm-hmm. Even, even me, even meeting Paul, to the extent Paul, we did this, we've done a couple of things where we'd film vlogs and he was like, didn't realize how difficult it was to get about and things like that. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, that is, the actual conversation of equality and all these things, it seems to forget about the fact that disability is, is not really seen as much, especially now in this case, because like you say, when it comes to different extreme levels of disability, I think the more disabled someone is, it's like the more uncomfortable people are with it.
1: I, I think so, definitely, and I think like you say as well, the word "dis," you know, the the prefix of "dis." I'm I'm quite quite interested in English and semantics and the creation of words because you can you can figure out the meaning of a word just by knowing what the suffix or the prefix is or whatever. So "dis" is always um. A negative connotation because it's uh, disinterested, disavowed, disemboweled, um, disdain. So it's not a good thing. So to diss someone is an egg, So You've got disability, and like you see. The podcast's not called all about disability. It's called all about ability. So as you see, when you look at the conventional measure of disability, right, which my brother would score extremely high, but actually his ability is fucking off the charts in other areas, like his ability to communicate despite the huge disadvantages that he has is, is off the charts but like you say all people see is the disability and something that i've kind of come more and more aware of is, is nobody gives a fuck about disability you know i'm going to generalize here but by and large nobody gives a fuck because unless it affects them they don't care and i don't think there's a lot of sympathy for disability out there as well i think that um, there's a sympathy there if somebody gets cancer or has a heart attack. I think there's a there's a sympathy there. Oh God, that's sad. With disability, I think it's inconvenient for a lot of people, and they just go, I don't want, I don't want to look at this. It doesn't affect me. And I think the pandemic was a big thing with that. Just uh, shield them all, leave them all at home. So what? It's Not a big deal. People, and I don't want people to. I don't want people to have to experience a personal matter like disability to care about it. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and like, cause I'm not saying I'm any better than anyone. Right. I'm only, I, I'm only passionate or interested because of course I've grown up with it with my brother. So, you know, when I went to the Tesco yesterday, I'm looking at a van parked in a disabled bay, couple of workies in for the roles. And I'm wanting to go up to him going, what you fucking Dean. Like, where's that going to get me? In life right but and they'll I know what they'll be thinking ah fucking maybe a wheelchair here pal they don't care but maybe I wouldn't care maybe because society don't teach me to care don't teach me to give two hoots about people with disabilities they do not teach you to care about that I only care about that because I've seen it with my brother my brother's friends so I'm I'm more aware I'm not any better than than, than, than anyone else I just think my circumstances have I've made that and I just kind of think that, that that's something, since I spoke to you, has, has really put a fire under me and I, I am nursing a huge grievance with a whole raft of people um, because, you know, there's a drive for inclusion now, which is great, you know, in particular in the media, but only if it fits into this wee bit here. So, yeah, we'll have a disabled contestant on Love Island, ah, if it's a club foot, cool. Now, I'm not being dismissive, this is my own, my own experience, you know. When I grew up, I just kind of thought you were disabled if you were in a wheelchair. You know, I looked at how, how disabled my brother was, you know, can't walk, can't talk, can't sit himself up. So, that's disabled. Then somebody else, rightly so, would say, I'm disabled, I've got a fake knee, I've got a false kneecap, an artificial kneecap. I'm like, "You're not disabled. Now, that's not, I'm, I'm not right for saying that, I'm actually a good person for that. That's just my, That's just how my life framed it. So when you look at things like Love Island, you had, uh, I remember last year, oh, first disabled contestant on Love Island, Club Foot. All right. I'm sure that brings challenges. I'm not a disabled person. I'm a straight white man. So I've got more privilege than anyone. So I don't know what that means. Really nice to see. I don't watch Love I was watching it all on TikTok pretty much. The, the, the girl, Tash, and she's got the cochlear implant. That's great. But like you say... That's it. So, you know, you have the guy that can wheel himself about, get him on it, you know. What about all these other <laughs> voices and people? Because they are people. What about all these other people that are out there that are living
0: life and thinking thoughts that are not being
1: represented because it is not convenient?
0: James, I absolutely love it. Like, you have no idea how much all what you just said that connects with everyone that has a disability. And I think there's there's a few kind of major points there that we should touch on. One is that what you're experiencing right now is the is the is the the fight that it takes to go against all these things that we're talking about. Like every single person and everyone that is close to someone with a disability know, like, experiences the fact of what you're up against is this this mountain of what has already been there for most of our lives and the generations before us. Of how disability has been looked at as a sort of vulnerable group that we that seen as an inconvenience and seen as people that you know we just kind of want to get rid of them but going to something you said that i think as well was we we're talking about how you know people don't people don't care right and i think all of our all of what we think about, about different things are based off of what we experience and if you don't experience disability you don't experience and you don't see it. Which comes to the point of what you said about the media and what how it's covered. Because a lot of people don't see these things. A lot of what we see is is through television and media and, 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 and Twitter yeah. and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and all that. And if you don't see people with disabilities, you just don't you can't relate. You can't you can't even fathom it. But when you look at things like racism and sexism, I'm not black, but I don't but I still Believe strongly in, in fighting against racism. I'm a, a white guy, and I believe that nobody should ever be racist towards a black person. I'm not a, a woman, but I don't believe anyone should ever be sexist towards women. It's the same for disability. The more we talk about this, the more that we we, we raise awareness, we, more that we work together, the more that people will be like, well, we should be fighting for this group as well, whether you're disabled or not.
1: I think I think that's it because because I mean it's. It's hard to because because what happens is like you say if you fight. You've got to, I mean, you don't realize until the older you become, you realize more and more how your trauma has affected you. And everyone, no matter how well adjusted or loving or stable or materially wealthy or emotionally wealthy background you've had, everyone has trauma. You cannot avoid having childhood trauma. You can't you can't avoid it, right? And then that affects how you behave later on in in, in life. And you know, I used to fight a lot. Um, I wasn't a very good fighter, so you know, I got battered a lot. Um, but I would fight a lot when I was you know, a teenager, when I was in my early 20s, because I was angry and I didn't know that I was acting out and I didn't know why I would need to act out. So when you look back now and you go, right, my life with my brother, my mum and dad and my sister, all very loving, life was about Alexander and, and should be because he needs more help. And as a result, you adjust your own needs and your own personality, and I, my first thought is about my brother. You know, I've I've shared the room with him. I have to push the bed up. You just have to push the bed up against his because his leg would stick out, and, you know, he's got spasmodic motions, which means we you take spasm, his leg starts twitching, and before, before you know it, he could fall out of the bed. He has, so we would push the bed up. I'd push get into bed, push my bed up against his. You know, when I wake up in the middle of the night, freezing cold, I have to think, is my brother cold? So my... My thoughts are always about someone else. So that also impacts how your relationship works because I'll go like that to my girlfriend. Why did you not get me one? For the shop. I didn't ask for anything. Oh, mortally wounded, right? Because she's got herself a Coke Zero, not me. How, how, how dare you do that, right? But She's not done anything wrong. This is because I've always had to, because Alexander can't say, Woo me, can I get one? So you're always saying, oh, do you need anything? So I've been brought up to always think about other people, right? And that also turns me into a martyr. Do you know what I mean? My girlfriend's saying, me, "Stop being a martyr, you know, because I'm like, no, it's fine. Don't worry about me. You know, um, because that's what you've got to do. And then everything, as you say, is a fight, you know? And even like, we're just there talking about the parking space thing. That's another fight. You know, you spend your life fighting. You spend your life, and then people end up getting fed up. They go, oh, I know, but just let, let it go. And you do have to let so much go Take it on with your life. You know, I've taken Alexander out into pubs, clubs. I've taken him to King Tut's. You know, fucking King Tut's. That's a tenement flat, basically. King Tut's, Wawa Hut. Turned up. I mean, I was 18 and this was... My mum had been doing this for decades before and my dad. And then, you know, I would take him out and... We're going to a gig and I'm turning up and I'm going back to the bounce. All right, big man, go and do us a favour. Could you just stand at the bottom of his wheelchair? I don't need you to lift it because because people think, oh, we'll carry the wheelchair up. And you're like, good cool luck with that, mate, because you don't realise how heavy the wheelchair is. And you need to pull his wheelchair up the 14 steps or whatever it is it King touch. Then you've got him in at the gig. That's the next thing. Everybody's standing there. My brother's here in the wheelchair. This is before the smoking ban. So it's just me and my brother. My brother's arms flail about because he's got cerebral palsy. Right, and you know, make it a bee sudden, jerk, And make, and he's worried that somebody's cigarette's going to stub out in his arm because that's also happened to him. So I'm at the gig, and I'm going, right, mate. Uh, excuse me, pal. Could you do wee few, Could you just stand there? And I'm creating a human barrier, and I'm moving people about, and I'm 18, and you know, everything is a fight. You're you're looking for a fight for equality, or I was trying to book tickets or something just now at the hideo. The carers are trying to book the. Tickets, but they kind of get the care. No, you need to turn up at the box office. All right, okay, cool. You know, just another thing that people have got to do, and it's not fair. And then you're kind of left going, and if you fought everything every day, you'd end up bursting your heart and burst into flames. So what's sad is you've got to leave a lot of stuff, haven't you? You've got to just go, I know it's not fair. Let's just, let's just get on with it. Let's just, let's not you'll noise yourself up over it you know what i mean so you're right it is the fight all the time and when it comes to inclusion i'm trying to talk about my brother with my comedy and whatnot but i've also sent stuff off to people the bbc this that how can you keep i like to make content ignored you know and like you say i shouldn't i feel like sometimes you feel like you're almost fighting against one another so like i'm saying it's like i mentioned before shouldn't be uh, at which disability trumps the other one. shouldn't be like that. But has a tendency to be that way because there's only so much sort of inclusion to go about. So it's kind of, um, he's more disabled than him. But I'm not looking to take, when I'm talking about inclusion, I don't want to take the place of it. I'm, I say I'm a straight white male. I'm not wanting to take the place of anyone else that's been oppressed and held back. But I think something that you said to me, and you're the source of the grievance now, is... I should be ahead of any other st- or most other straight white males because I want to tell my brother's story, and there is there are recognised you know there's Coda children of deaf adults which is brilliant that's a really good thing. There's there's less out there for children or parents of disabled children or siblings or because I've experienced a lot of the exclusion and a lot of society's barriers to disability first through my brother. Sometimes that's fortunate because Alexander is so um he's he's so vulnerable, his needs are so complex that he could never be left alone. So the good news is is he'll never be left on a plane for ten hours. Well, he might be, but we would be with him, you know. But he'll never be left on his own. Whereas you're I mean, I've got a collection of stories, you know, I went to do something, but I don't know what I'm gonna do, but the stories that you see where people are turning up to, like yourself, that are going to gigs and they've just been told, Now we've already got a wheelchair user and then you can't come in. I, happened, I think it happened to a 16 or 17 year old girl They travelled to Newcastle with her two pals to see a band and some guy in the door just went, oh no, it's health and safety. And that was it. The band came out and all that and they still, fuck the whole the whole thing, they went down to Newcastle, but they never got into the gig. So I actually think it's harder now than it was 20 years ago because 20 years ago, you could have just said to somebody, big man, Fuck it, just let us in here eh? and they'd be like, right, cool, we'll sort it. Whereas now people aren't, you know, trained to be autonomous. They're not empowered or paid enough to think for themselves. It's just like, oh, I can't. And they're just turning folk away.
0: Now that, that's a really interesting point to make. Because I think that, first of all, you're totally right, but I've never really heard anyone say that before.
1: Um, sorry about giving you these 25 minute answers by the way no, it's, like,
0: it's great I mean this is the, the, you're a dream guest in that sense but I just have so many things yeah. that I to reflect on here because I think it's first of all what you were saying about how you know speaking for your brother and being that an advocate the best thing about having that experience is that nobody you know when you're talking about these things experience is the most valuable thing because no one can understand the extent of what Alexander needs to go through on a day-to-day basis, more than somebody that's been there every single step of the way. And that is something that needs to be shared, that needs to be heard. And we can't fight for everything all the time, but what we can do is we can get more voices in. Mm-hmm. And that is what these kind of conversations are for, is that, yeah, maybe the two of us can't take every single problem and solve it, but we can get more people on board for so them to take some of the problems and then we fix some of it. And-
1: Aye, I think so. I think- well, I've got a question for you, right? Because it's something that, that, again, I'm waiting to do a wee video about it uh, on a TikTok, right? Because, I mean, I loved it. It's, what's great is, um, so I'm so sure you'll get to that point. but I mean, I've been doing the TikTok and I've been doing all right with it, you know. Um, and I've put a few videos out with myself and Alexander and some of them have had three and 400,000 views, which has been great and um, which has been fantastic. And you're raising awareness. But um, what do you think of the word? Spaz, what do you think about the kind of because it's the, the Lizzo thing that happened, and then I think Beyonce had it and a lyric has changed it now. And I know Lizzo changed her lyric. Um, what's, what's your thoughts on that? Because then I've I'll, got I'll, my thoughts off the back.
0: It's an interesting question. I think it kind of comes back to what you were saying before, like just before I forget this, like mm-hmm. when you were talking about how it's harder now than it was maybe 10 mm-hmm. 20 years ago, because now everyone's very aware of, or it's a health and safety thing. It's as it's, if it's they have a more political correct reason to not let you into the club or not let you into the bar. And it's like, whereas well, before they would have been like, let me just take it, take this person up here. Yep. Which I think is... Have you found that personally? It, well, yes. Yes, to an extent, because, for example, there's a guy that I know that can, that's used the wheelchair, but he can walk a bit. Mm-hmm. And he gets up, he gets up the stairs to Katty. Okay. um and I I can't do that. But now Katty think that they've got wheelchair access because there's who, one. Who's Katty? What's that? It's like a it's a big nightclub. It's a, house a cat
1: house. A cat house. Sorry, because you were calling it the cat I was like, you tell him obviously a non-cat Aye. house user. I mean, I was the <laughs> shant. You know what I mean? Never the cat house. You know listen, what I mean? I, listen. I've never been uh, in the cat uh, house, but
0: uh, he can get in there yeah. because he can walk up the stairs of But mm. Because he can do that, they think that they've got wheelchair, wheelchair, wheelchair access. access. Yeah. And to Come to the point about accessibility. I always, for people that maybe are listening to this and are thinking, well, what is the big deal? You know, what is
1: it? There's only a couple of, well, the other classic thing is, is I bet how many disabled people are there? I mean, what, what, I mean I, <laughs> and, I, and I've I've been used as, as you know, and complicitly in conversations with pals, of are like, you know, we bought this house and, you know, they've got this, uh, you know, it's gone on the ground floor because they need to make it, uh, you know, because what if a disabled person lives? I mean, it's ridiculous because, I mean, you, and, and I'm going, ah, know you're right, it is ridiculous. And then, because people want you to agree with them, they kind of use you as this sort of complicity. I well, he his brother says when he agrees with me, and then actually you think after you go, well, why not just make it accessible for everyone, and then there's uh-huh. no problem. You know what what is this divide? You know it's kind of like why do we need to make it wheelchair for the two for the two fucking people on a wheelchair that would come in, and it's like I get that, but why not just make it accessible for everyone,
0: and then <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, the, the best example that I thought of a a rail back. Which I, which I think, kind of paints a picture. Is like, this might seem flippant, but it's not really when you think about it. You ever seen the movie Elf?
1: I've. Do you know what? I've, I've not really. I think I've seen it once. Right. But
0: the point of the point of the point of me mentioning this, it might seem random, in the know, is part of the story is that this guy who is, well, fellow, he's. he's fully, I know the story. You know what I mean? I've seen it. Like I've seen yeah, it a lot of the clips. No. But, but he like he, he, he spends his life living in the North Pole. Yeah. Right. Now, the thing about it that I always found very interesting, with this that is that he is by definition in our society a fully able-bodied mm-hmm. human. Mm-hmm. But when he lived in the North Pole, um, he couldn't find a, He couldn't fi- find a place for himself. Everything was not basically the North Pole wasn't accessible. Yes, for him wasn't accessible because everybody's smaller and he yeah. couldn't. You couldn't do. Certain you're, things. Only,
1: you're only as disabled as the society you're in that's the I exactly. don't know really that but exactly. that's what they say isn't it you're that's exactly like,
0: what it is it's, it's, so it's a case of it's it's not that he's disabled it's that the world wasn't designed for him yes that's correct But we are living in an age now where everybody you know the awareness is there the knowledge is there we're living mm-hmm. like it's the age of social media like everybody can see this and the, it's a neglect at this point not to deal with this stuff to come back to your question about mm. words and spars specific, specifically, I think that there's a certain section of people that have decided to be offended for us on things, and it's kind of like, well, I think that we kind of need to take back these words to an extent, you know. Yeah. I, I used to be really offended by it being mm. like somebody saying like uh, somebody calling me cripple yeah. or whatever the case, right? And it's like these words you know have been used to describe certain groups of people with disabilities as very vulnerable and mm. can't, can't take care of themselves and things like that but i think that the more that we can show that we are you know we are regardless of even in a wheelchair or Alexander's situation we are whole human beings that have our own lives and, mm. and whether you call me Spas or crippled or whatever. It doesn't. It, that nine times out of ten comes from that person's deep desire of wanting to feel better about themselves more than it's to do with, about you.
1: I think so. I think for me, there's the, there's the different use of it though. There's the kind of common usage, and it's it's really interesting because again, I, I'm i not trying to preach because I've used the word. I mm. have used it indiscriminately. I have used it and as as banter, you know, as, the, as, as you see it in American films, the in-betweeners, mm. like Kevin Bridges, who I think's amazing. I'm not trying to get Kevin Bridges cancelled, right? You know, but he does it, but he goes, mm. like, mm. that's that's mocking disabled people. Mm. And it's, it's like I say, that lies dormant in me and it's only in the last couple of years I'm going, I'm not even right actually actually. You know, we watch Friends every day as everyone does on the Netflix and you're watching and you're going, things you're watching, you're going, oh, not a good word that is it or you know watching an episode yesterday and throws a disabled woman's leg in at the fire and you think mm. i know it's a sitcom but it's classic or oh, disabled person bang there the punchline right mm-hmm. you know um it's a good point right and with the word spaz or spastic like i didn't even want to say my brother's condition is spasticated quadriplegic cerebral palsy because i don't want to associate him with that word because people have I've actually claimed that word and decided to use it negatively so that it's now a, a, a casual term. Don't be such a spaz. Don't be a retard. Stop being a mongo. All these things, right? And like I say, shamefully, I have used all those words. Not out of There's no deep psychological, there's me trying to act out. It's just, you, like you say, you fight that many fights and then you're playing football with the boys or somebody else using, ah, he's a fucking, and you say it, right? And that doesn't make it okay so i'm not trying to come at it from a point of perfection i'm saying listen i have used those words and you know they're no, they're no good and i just think it shows you because they're negative because i've seen people comedians trying to justify ah, it's a medical term and right okay you don't call anyone all right you wee chemo bastard mm-hmm.
0: yeah. nobody
1: goes "Ah, oh we fucking cancer," you, oh, yeah can't right okay yeah i'm not i'm not aware of that uh uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? So what, what you're actually doing is you you're you're kind of making that the, the you're making the disability the punchline. And the thing is, this is where I come back to the sympathy thing. Nobody has to be disabled. You know, and I know there's a whole range, and I'm generalizing this because I'm again I've not got perfection on this subject, but most of the disability that I'm I'm aware of and I've experienced and friends with it is it has been an accident at birth, a genetic dif- defect just a, something that has that could happen to anyone and and whereas if somebody sadly you know is befalls one of these dreadful things in life whether it's cancer or heart disease or that there's like a kind of almost like a sympathy there and i see it you see it in the crowd funders the crowd funders for you know such a booth you know through the, they raised more money for the the sub club clo- closing down in the space of two hours than there's a boy on social media, Cal Grievers, who wanted to move out and get his own home and he crowdfunded. And he got 30,000, it was amazing. But it took me about a year to crowdfund that, whereas, you know, I think they raised 40 grand for the, the sub club in about two hours, you know what I mean? And that's fine, I, I can, I'm i not the judge and jury to decide what's right and wrong in life. I'm just giving my opinion and where I see people's views on disability and it comes back to when I think about the use of the word spaz, people have just taken that now and it's you know, because they're not they don't use that in a racial slur now, do they? Uh, you know, that used to be something people would, would say, you know, stop being Irish, for example. You know, that's a racial yeah. slur. If, if, if someone was acting stupid, the connotation that Irish people are somewhat intellectually inferior they would do it with, the, you know, people's skin tone or, or nationality. How come it's okay to do it? What with, with that and like I say you watch them I watch them between us two or three times a week right maps. I'm just between us on and it's all oh have you caught down syndrome that's nice and that's like I'm not and this is where I think people get angry because they kind of lash out when you point that out ah fucking stop being stop being woke up. that's it and you're just and it's just a conversation that needs to be had that's not trying to cancel anyone I would be heartbroken if they cancelled in between us I've dubbed all that out same the the Kevin Bridges routine I'm just saying, from what I've seen, and that's only my again my recent the older I get. I think I actually, you know what? That's the wrong. That's that's the wrong word. It's just it's just being it's just being aware that that's the 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 you know what it means. And actually, is it a big deal to change it? You know, the same way that being growing up, you could use gay as an insult. She should never have done. Nobody should ever have done that. But again, that's. That's something that through education society people are going, Well, actually what's what's wrong with that? You know, but that'd be Oh, I should stop being gay. Like, of course that's a th- again somebody had to point that out to me. And again yeah. I did that classic thing where I lashed out, I've got gay friends and you know, I've I've had so what? Maybe just don't say it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not <laughs> exactly you know, and actually I had to I had to well, actually you know what? You're totally correct. That's that's actually actually unacceptable it's unacceptable language and I wasn't I wasn't meaning it in a malicious way and I wasn't meaning it. But actually, that's that's, that's not helpful to anyone. So, you know, I think people find it, I think we find it difficult to have conversations like that because people just, like you say, get so offended and then it's, you just get this polarization where people are either, you know, super like, you know, you shouldn't ever say that and other people are saying, well, I can say what I want. And as opposed to just having a conversation with people saying, saying, you know what?
0: Maybe you're right, actually. It's such a great point. Like, you have not, you're, first of all, you've blown me away with all this. I think it's, it's all on the money. It's your fault. <laughs> For me, you know, these words, when they have this meaning, subconsciously allows in society this idea that we can, we can talk about people with disabilities as if they are less than a normal human being. And that's what the biggest problem is. You know, you're allowing that it's 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 essentially hate speech.
1: Well, it is, I think you you, you said it last time. You, what what's happening is it's good because again, just if you think about like you know, uh, feminism. I don't. I'm reluctant to say I'm a feminist because my behaviour in my lifetime has not been in alignment with a feminist. I have been and contributed to misogyny by referring. To uh, women as buds, right, S- sweetheart, darling. I have looked at women as they've walked past things like you know that you actually go that's not that's not, that's not cool, right? But when you when you're growing up and you know the programs that used to what only fools and horses, Dale Boy, I was my hero. What oh, darling, what Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell, <laughs> right? Where it was cool to be you know a womanizer, and a, you know these things how, how it was all framed. So again, that's just that's just the way. Society was it doesn't mean it was right, but obviously, the, the kind of the, the awareness and the education now, when you actually come to realize, like, right? Actually, that's I never had to think about what a woman faces, I never had to, you know, I never had to think about that. You know, a woman has to think about what she's wearing when she walks down the street. You know, <clears throat> I don't need worry about that, you worry about the builders looking at me. Do you know what I mean? Mm, Maybe, yeah. I wish they would, but uh, do you know what I mean? Whereas, we walk past a group of builders every day, and my girlfriend's like. Uh, but I'm, I'm God, when winter comes around, because I wear my coat and all that now, because when we walk past it they're like that, you know, do you know what I mean? So yeah, hundred uh, percent. And I feel that, that that's good. So that <clears throat> that awareness is coming. It's like I say, I'm not, I ain't saying I'm perfect. I am saying I have I have committed all these, uh, all these things, all these faux pas I've, and it's. So I think what's happening now is we're in getting into an era where, like you say. People are far more aware of sexism, misogyny, homophobia, uh, racism, and what kind of taking action towards them. But what I feel is is that it's kind of like, yeah, that's fine, stop that, stop that, stop that. It's a spazzo, it's not really a bit of but Who's going to be offended by that? You know, because yeah. as you said, disabled people make up the biggest minority group in the world, but have the least representation and the lowest voice.
0: Exactly, and you know there's so much to touch on here but for me, all these different groups that have had this voice to speak up for it and fight for themselves one of the things about it as well is every disability is different to an extent yep. <clears throat> so we almost have been marginalised against each other Definitely. Ra- rather than being told to, be educated to support each other in that sense so that if everybody with a disability was able to, you know, because when you have a disability your whole life, what what happens is you you grow up essentially being told by the world that you can't do what a normal person can do. So you have a lot of things in your head to tackle, a lot of, a lot of insecurities, a lot of demons there that you have to go through in your life to say, am I actually worthy of being happy and having a happy life and doing the things I want to do? And, it's very, very difficult for somebody with a disability that has it from the start of their life to come through that and be able to fight that cause, which is why we haven't really had because we've never had because we've been so oppressed for so long and never really been given the tools to fight it together. That's why you're not hearing the voices enough, and like you say, but that's why people like yourself and and th- these kind of conversations are so important. And saying that, you know, they fought for all these different groups but disability and the language like spas and things like that are still common practice for most people especially in scottish culture when you're talking about all these words i remember it was the regular part when i was at school was a regular part of the par
1: absolutely and the thing is you would <clears throat> the thing is you, you may use the words yourself cause you use it to fit in mm. you want to be one of the boys and it's an insult and, you're, and, and nobody means it in a malicious way, or l- largely, but then you think, fucking hell. And it's like, I mean, I'll give you an example, right? So I, I do a lot of the TikTok, and, you know, if it's a lot of my brother on a few of the TikTok videos. Um, I would say 95, 96% of the comments are so overwhelmingly positive and stuff like that. And that's, that's the danger of social media. And it's easy to, to kind of stand back from afar and say, well, you know, you can't get too upset about it because it's not real. And, you know, you just kind of, you gotta just let it go. and. You know, it's easier to um, to preach than what you practice. But, you know, Alexander, um tongue, it sticks out, uh, which is a, a a condition and a symptom of cerebral palsy. And Alexander had his teeth taken out. He wanted it to have been taken out because he used to bite through his cheek and his lip. He would, from time to time, he would bite on his lip. And then cerebral palsy, obviously, is a condition uh, where a part of the brain has been damaged due to a lack of oxygen at birth. So he isn't able to... I know you know this. I'm just explaining for anyone who's listening. Cerebral palsy. He doesn't have the motor skills in his brain to send signals to his muscles or his arms or legs to say, don't worry, just release your jaw. Just open your mouth. Yeah. He would get into a real panic, a fright, and he would bite through his lip. Mm -hmm. And he bit straight through a couple of times. That means he can't eat for days. His body has to work 10 times harder to overcome any infection. He can be really ill. So eventually it got to a point where he he created such an anxiety, Alexander, over it that got to the point you had to always even be in the same room as him. Whereas previously, you know, my mum could go and make a cup of tea in the kitchen and Alexander would watch the TV or whatever. And even when we'd put him into bed at night, he could sleep in his own. And then I'd, I'd go out, I'd DJ, I'd come back in and I'd come into my bed. and I'd come in and find him with his mouth covered in blood and he'd been sweating. Nobody could hear him crying because he'd got himself into panic and, you know, he, uh, he would bite through his lip and whatnot. So eventually, Alexander, he said to us, he, went, he would like his teeth taken out, right? And what's really funny is we were all like, no, absolutely not. Because we were worried about ourselves, our own vanity, about what people would think about Alexander. Fucking, I don't want to see him in his teeth, nor that, and don't want people, don't want people judging him and looking at him. You know, we we're worried about ourselves, right? And my sister who's a dentist uh, was working in the hospital at the time. So he had his teeth removed. And Alexander still to this day says it's the best thing he's ever done, right? Because all of a sudden it's removed that anxiety. He can't harm himself that way. It just gives everyone a bit more freedom and flexibility. You know, his carer can be in another room, getting something for him, whatever, coming back in. As a result, Alexander's tongue hangs out a lot more because obviously your teeth naturally stop your tongue from coming out. So his tongue is constantly bobbing back and forward. And... That's him, that's Alexander, right? And it's funny, again, when we get pictures taken, you see my mum or my dad will fucking shoving his tongue back in his <laughs> mouth, right? For a nice photograph. And this this highlights two things. It highlights you think, what are people think it highlights one the misogyny, because it was all male, right? But in any video I've ever put up, I've had at least twenty comments from people going, like oh, I bet you his bet you his girlfriend's a happy uh, happy woman. Oh I, well, I bet you he's uh, I, you know what I'm saying? you fucking stupid. I, I mean, like, and I, I don't take great offence to Like, you know, I you know, I see some people, you know, they highlight the comment, put it in their story and they want to, I'm just like, he's fucking, he's just fucking stupid. But you just think, that's what you've got to say about this. Yeah. Like a cheap joke. Oh, I bet he can fucking do stuff with what? Yeah.
0: There's
1: no sex Like, This is what you, this is what you take from it. So, it, like you say, it's, it's probably, it's probably the lack of awareness or interaction, but that comes back down to society because disabled people, and I don't even like the term disabled people, you know, but people with people with disabilities rather, were shunted away as recently as the 50s and 60s and 70s were, hidden away in big fucking care homes, residential homes, locked up essentially, kept out the way, we don't want to see them, society doesn't want to see them. And there's something uncomfortable in disability. It's something uncomfortable, you just think, fuck it, I'm gonna look away. And and also as well, I think there's a lot of, like I say, I've got a lot of anger, so I'm I'm, I'm coming at it from that side. But a lot of people who, who aren't like that and I, I've got to apologize. I know that there will be a lot of people out there who just don't know what to do. Yeah. And when they see someone who is disabled, they think, I don't want to stare. What I will do is I will just look away or I will look to their carer or their parent and I will talk to them. And my girlfriend's been a real big help to me in a lot of this because she'll be very honest and tell me her experience or how she feels about it. Because a lot of people don't, everyone goes, oh no, I, I don't care. You know, she was in uh, a shoe shop in the town and she went, really reminded me of your brother. There was somebody, I think it was Timothy's brother, who was caring for him. And the guy was you know really um you know just it's obviously some form of cerebral palsy you know he's moving about and he's making noises and the wrinkle here and so to someone you're thinking fucking hell what the fuck's going on there right and his brother's going like right, relax you fucking. just give me 10 minutes to stick a pair of shoes on and he's right and, and the short the staff in the shop are really flustered because people think Fuck, i don't know what to do here i don't know to talk i look i don't want to be rude and." That's the thing that you need to have a confidence in if people are not integrated and if people are not given that awareness or chance or representation or visual aid, what do you expect because that's what you do when you're confronted with something or someone you're unfamiliar with you think hell oh, right I don't know, uh, right. don't know. It's just let's oh, just <laughs> get on with this and i I think that's a, a big big I think that's a big big problem.
0: 100%. There's a couple of points I really want to make here, right? One is that going back to something you said earlier, where you were talking about how you obviously, you're not perfect in this issue. You, you, you've used all these expressions before. But one thing I really, a point I really want to make is that that is okay because the most important thing about being human is learning from these things and saying, look, what you what you're basically saying is, look, it Doesn't really matter if you used it before, it's about learning now that you can we can improve this and say, like, we don't need to talk like this, we can talk about disability in a better way, we can be more supportive of each other. Which is why someone like now this has really been um on my mind a wee bit, so bear with me. But this Andrew Tate guy, man,
1: oh, is this this guy? He looks like the poor man's pit bull. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> pit, <laughs> pit bull the ASOS Pitbull aye okay. <laughs> this guy I'd like guy. to batter him by the way there you go oh. I'll, I'll call, give him a celebrity boxing match when I say celebrity boxing but he's a celebrity <laughs> I'm not I'll just, we'll just batter him
0: we, he'll be in the wheelchair after the battle, but, uh, the thing is right is what I love about what you're saying is like look you know we all, we've all said these things but now is the time to, to be open minded and be supportive of other human beings and saying, how can we actually make this better for people? And we don't need to talk about disability in such a derogatory way. I've not
1: heard what he said. I, yeah. I just saw a dead short clip. Where he spoke about the parking thing, and he was like, "He's like, yeah, I I use a disability because there's no disability. I'm being yeah. efficient. All right, cool, uh-huh.
0: mate. yeah, exactly. This is the thing. This guy, this guy is what you would call, you know, he's he's looking for the. He knows the way that society is going, and I think that a lot of his opinions are just purely out of shock value. I don't believe for a second that that's what he's ah, like he's in like real a, life. He's like, yeah, uh, this Katie uh, Hopkins part and yeah. what happens
1: is, the only thing I would say though is talking about him gives him, yeah. g- puts gasoline on well, the fire.
0: That The reason why I mentioned him is the only reason why hmm. I brought him up is because I think it's important to stress that in these kind of conversations where he's talking about these things, he's promoting domestic violence against women, he's yeah. pr- promoting... Uh, Marginalising disabled people he's promoting racism he's promoting all these things that are horrible that we're fighting against mm-hmm. and i think it's important that f- for the guys out there that are be listening to him and thinking oh he's right because I've, I've been treated this way and i've been treated that way yeah. like what we're doing as a society is not a bad thing it might feel like is a, a bit over the top sometimes for you and i get that but it's important that if you if you're a young guy listening to this to remember that the most important thing that we can do is supporting each other and not encouraging the idea of going backwards. That's what he's doing. And you can be better than that. So I just wanted to make that point for any young guys that listen to this podcast. But also going back to what you were saying, a couple of points, like you know, you were talking about how um, even as early as the sixties and seventies, people with disabilities were put in care homes and put away and mm-hmm. told not to do But you've seen that as early as 2020 in this pandemic where we all had to, we were all basically forgotten about. Yeah. And even, even still, like people are going to hate this, right? But at the end of the day, for a lot of disabled people, COVID is still a very real thing that's happening right now. Yes. And we, we have been overlooked in every single part of this. And, and there has been thousands and thousands of disabled people that have died, that didn't have to die Mm -hmm. because the Tories and society have promoted this idea of just take care of yourself, just take care of yourself. But even we're all trying to take care of ourselves and not thinking about supporting other people, supporting the people that have less. Less than us, we're failing. We're failing as a as a society that has all this knowledge and, and is able to help each other, but we're choosing not to. You don't have to, you know. You as an individual can empower yourself to to know that helping each other is the best way of doing it, and and. I think that the pandemic showed a lot of people that maybe we, we really should value disabled people more and we really should try and take care of each other more and I think that's an important point to stress.
1: Definitely. I think my my take on that is, I mean, I could go into politics all day, right? Um, My my take on it is to, to kind of simplify it and make it apolitical, right? Which is, during COVID, I mean, my brother had to go in, back in my mom and dad, you know, who are in their 70s and, you know... Regardless of what your own views on COVID are, there's a lot of people out there going, "Don't care about it. It's nothing. That's cool. That's that. That's that. That's your view. You're entitled to. It. I respect your your right to choose. No problem. Right? I think what people don't realize though is, um, what life is like caring for someone with complex needs or special needs or someone who's disabled themselves, and think, well, I'm not. I'm not going to take the chance. You know, whether it's one in a hundred or one in a thousand, I'm going to take the chance, right? Because what you're saying is, I might die. You know, that's that's like that's like going and playing with the buses. Okay, one might hit me. Do you know what I mean? So who's going to do that? People, people didn't realize, or people don't realize unless they have first-hand experience of it. And the only way I would that I would try and sort of assimilate this is what people. Now on social media, when their grand or granny dies, or their dog, or their great uncle, their papa, and they feel that loss, and you see them on Facebook five years lost my best pal, my nan, RIP nan, you're up in this guy. That's heartbreaking. That's someone that they love. Who is to judge and say, ah, but she was 95, mate, she had a good life. Nobody say, you know, that's not cool. That's someone yeah. loved that. I only think about my brother. I don't love him any less. I don't love him seventy-five percent. Well, you know he's he's forty percent capable, twenty percent capable of, of 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 an able-bodied person. So I, I kind of you know I don't love him that much, or I expected to live x amount of years. So you know, right? I I love my brother more than anyone else almost you know in this the same way that someone can say that about their nan their papa their dad their mum their dog anything that's so you know whoever is disabled is loved as much as anyone and the loss will be felt as keenly as anyone so i think all you're looking for is a wee bit of awareness to go yeah that's cool right and you know if you don't believe in it cool but you know you know what if, what if your mum and dad's in the, the supermarket and they've got the mask on and somebody else is no bothering their hole doing it you think yeah, but I don't want to go home and pass that on to my son who's extremely vulnerable and I don't need you to tell me how vulnerable my son is because I know you know I think that's the thing I just think that as you say we are there's a tendency in some areas we're becoming more selfish as a society and we're starting to reframe things in a way that justifies our own behaviour to go out, well, I'm just gonna do it anyway. So I think you've got the culture war, which is the attack on they're now calling woke nonsense and yes, and this woke woke's not a bad term. Woke's actually just about becoming a better person. It's not, you know, oh, yes, well, it's a fucking woke nonsense. When people say that, they're angry. When people I've heard to it, and you can see the anger in their eyes because they're they they do not want to look inwards and go, I actually, you know what, it's not not my fault it's the society that i was born into and you know shaped by but actually yeah you're probably right we probably have been you know there's an inherent misogy- misogyny in society where you know we sexualize women we create them turn them into objects like i i know people friends who get really annoyed and you know um you know they give it the you know um men teach your sons better what about the women they should be teaching them better not all men well it's all men because you know, a woman don't walk down a dark alley and go. It could be a good guy that's down at the bottom of there, so it'll be all right. They, they've got to just go. Fuck! Nah, I'm not walking down there. It's you know, it's a dark alley. And, you know, yeah. you, you know what I mean. So it's all men, you know. And if you're yeah. a good guy, right, <laughs> you, you know, you don't need to worry about it. But yeah. I think that's, I think that's the bit is is actually just recognising. Well, yeah, you know, as it us, um, you know, and yeah, but, but you know, we're not great at this. We're not great at race relations. We're not, I, I, we probably are you know disabled you know mm-hmm. as it were and we, we need to make more of an effort that's I think that's I think that's it like I've got a real fear uh, my brother I think they're going tonight so him and his his, his girlfriend and a few of their friends they're all wheelchairs with varying degrees of, 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 of ability or and they're all going to that is it the vega the the yo the hotel the bone i think that so they're all going up there mum's "Mate, like, you can go along long time. i'm thinking i will and then part of me is just anxiety ridden and dread ridden because i just think "Hope oh, nobody's fucking good to them
0: mm-hmm.
1: hope they're not palmed off and that's a terrible thing to think because that's me making a judgment on folk and from what i'm aware of so far that you know they've been really helpful and they've like, yeah, look, come up we'll do something for you I and mean, you can hire it out and i i just get a feeling pat my stomach i think i hope you know what i mean because because yeah. that fears it's not unfounded it's not it's not it's not based on nothing it's based on experience of exactly so you know but again it's just having people having that if they had that awareness just to you know and that confidence of speaking to people whom aren't necessarily conventionally able to communicate or able to communicate in a conventional way eh, because the sort of convenient image in my mind of a disabled person is either someone with Down syndrome or someone who's a wheelchair user but who can communicate freely and think, oh, that's quite good. We can we can work with that. We can stick the camera on there and we'll, uh, we'll go. And I think that's where you have that that angst where it feels like you're fighting against one another. Actually, it's not about fighting against anyone else at all. So it's like, brilliant, we should have more people with is represented there, but we need to have more people with cerebral palsy and non-verbal cerebral palsy. Again, I keep seeing cerebral palsy. I know there are a hundred different types of disability and conditions. I just don't know. I don't know the names. I don't know mm-hmm. the conditions. You know, so like I say, I am hugely ignorant as well. And it's about being aware of the fact that I might know a little bit about Alexander,
0: or a lot about Alexander. I know nothing about anyone else. So it's just that kind of, Awareness. A hundred percent, mate, it's definitely about the right re- awareness. But there was a point you made there that really connected with me about when you were talking about the love for somebody, you know, and and when you're talking about the pandemic and all these things and, and that feeling you have about not wanting anyone to be rude to them or yeah. something. It, if there's one thing that everyone in the world can connect with as a human being, it's the feeling of having that love for somebody. And and when you when you say it like what you just said there, I think what it makes clear to people is that we are just as human as everyone else. And what you're asking for is to show that compassion. Show that compassion that you would show somebody that you love for somebody that I love. When you go out there and you and you decide and you decide maybe during the pandemic not to wear a mask or you decide that when you're you see a group of people with disabilities at a nightclub, you it's about making a joke or, or being rude to them in some way and how that can affect somebody that you love and and there's no, you know, at the end of the day, everyone is one step away in the shower for being just disabled as the next person. Well, I think that I think that's the thing,
1: is that um you don't want it to get to that stage. You don't want somebody to experience that until mm-hmm. they go, oh, all right, I actually fucking hell. I'm, I kind of I get what you're saying now. And it's just about, about a bit more compassion and taking the time to maybe stop to people and stop and talk to them, you know that, that's I do it all the time, but only because I know what a big difference that makes to to my brother and has done, you know. So I saw so a young man at the the, the train station, soon Edinburgh for the fringe there. Which we can talk about, and you um, and I'm up talking to him, and, and again I made that class because she was kind of talking to him half. Long, I mean, oh, she so want me to stand with your boy, and she went, no, no, you're all right, um, and I was chatting to him. Uh, I think he was his name Aidan. And uh, he was 19, he's going to meet his girlfriend, and uh, he was the same as Alexander, cerebral palsy, um, non verbal. Um, she knew the carer, she's worked with him since we were a child, she kind of knew what he was saying, and I'm having a crack. I'm like, you're going to get a bevy and all that. I'm telling him about my brother, and usual showing him the TikToks that I do. I She went, I think I know your brother. Uh, she said, oh, it's just, I've seen your TikToks before, and chatting away, and she's, thanks for t- taking the time. Fucking, I've really enjoyed it. But I always make that effort, or try to because i know what that means to alexander and it's it's just having that confidence and awareness to go up and say excuse me is this year i use i used pa use carer sorry how you doing i'm having a bit of chit chat you know listen it's not for everybody because also people don't talk to anyone in the street anyway you mm-hmm. know so i get it it's like talking to a stranger but it's it's that thing it's uh, it's making the it's making the effort and uh, i also met up with someone um at the fringe, I noticed on the, the one of the fringe performers forums, he said, "There's anyone planning on meeting up?" This guy called Josh Heppel, really, really impressive guy. I think he's doing his PhD in the social model of disability. Um, should get him. I'll give you details, right? Cool. Um, and I, so I met up with him. Um, and what was really interesting is, again, I had to really work hard because the way Alexander communicates, Alexander looks up for yes, down for no, so you need to do all the talking for our Welsh. you're figuring out, right, Al, is it past, is it present, okay, right, is it something happened 20 years ago, right, okay, is it to do with music, right, and you're working through it, trying to figure it out. But this guy, Josh, articulates brilliantly on, on, on obviously Messenger, but when I met him, you know, he's he's really taking his time to, to to speak because of his cerebral palsy, and he's really, uh, he's, he's, as he said, his movements are quite severe. So I'm finding it really hard to not talk because... I'm such a talker by Alexander. So it's totally alien to me. I'm like, oh, fuck. and even I find it difficult because I was like, I was like, a couple of times I found myself just going, uh-huh, uh-huh, And actually I went, sorry Josh, I didn't quite get that, you know, because he's, you know, um struggling to get the words out. They're almost it's at times incoherent to me when I was getting into the rhythm of it. But as someone with a disabled brother, I find it uncomfortable. And you have to internally regulate yourself and go if you if you don't understand it you're going to need to tell him you don't understand it and just say i'm sorry josh i didn't quite. i didn't quite get that um can, can you repeat it you know um because you're not wanting to be rude and then you could end up just going nodding dodge saying, yeah. oh yeah nah, nah, good 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 just like an english person listening to a scottish person just going yeah all yeah, right you know yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know what the he's sign um so yeah it's 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 difficult and and again he he pulled me up actually he said this hey, so where are you and he's, he's been a friend with you and he said where are you performing i said i'm in Botteco, which is uh, a get venue in Edmund he went is it wheelchair accessible i went no and he went you're not going to like what i'm going to say but you should only be performing in uh, wheelchair accessible venues and i was like all right see your point but i'm not disabled right mm-hmm. and also so how many opportunities should should I miss then, right? Which is, again, it's not the picture perfect answer. Yeah. And I'm just saying. Well, I've experienced a lot of it, my brother, more than anyone. But what about what about me? Mm-hmm. Like, and and it's a great point. And he said, yeah, but if everyone has that attitude, we'll not get anywhere. Yeah. So he's right, but equally, right, he is right. But I won't get to play a lot of the wheelchair accessible venues because the wheelchair accessible venues are the big venues yeah right so as a comedian starting out you know the gilded balloon aren't going to go like that to me all right sure we, we'll give you a spot big fella because you like to do a bit of stuff about disability and your brother and i we, we, you know we, so, so how you know what comes first the chicken or the egg so danny wait before i'm big time well if i'm big time if i'm famous right i mean i hope i am yeah. but so how how do you do that do you make life more difficult for yourself so being principled comes at a cost as well. And, and that's a really... I mean, that's a conversation that, that needs to be had. And again, like... There's a drive for uh, inclusion and diversity. But I think I'm being missed out there. Particularly in comedy. Because I've chosen to say, fucking me. Because I want to talk about these experiences with my brother. And I've got material. And even just from, I've come from... that I've come from that household. So actually... I'm one step closer to that at Diversity Tech because I can at least give you that experience. But I don't know. Maybe that's yeah. not. Maybe that's just a straight white male <laughs> wanting to skip the queue and use his brother's his blue badge. You
0: know, so that's the other thing. I'm also conscious. You know, I, somebody could just be like, "Mate, I don't think so." First of all, I reassure you that, that is definitely not the case. But the argument I'd make to the point yeah. your man's making there is that you, by you, perform one of these. I mean, has been at the fringe and things like that you are allowing yourself to have a bigger platform to share this story. Yeah. Which is the way that you need to look at it. Like, yeah, not every, not every place is going to have a wheelchair access, particularly in comedy. But I think that by you using those, using those avenues and becoming a bigger personality and having a bigger following, you then can spread this message wider. So, the, the, the positive. that is a, that is the way you should look at it, yeah. because your message doesn't need to be heard and, it's completely I want you to know it's completely valid. What mm. but I do want to talk about the fringe right. and and go into your TikTok a little bit, but the the, the fringe what was it like perform but might back performing at the fringe after this? So it's
1: so. Be, it's been brilliant. So the fringe runs I think until the twenty-seventh or twenty eighth of August. I didn't think I was going to get to perform this year because of the job that I was doing and also my girlfriend and I were going away next week we've got a wedding to go to like in France, makes it sound very jet-setting and transatlantic, right? Well, not transatlantic, because it's in Europe, that's a really stupid thing to say. <laughs> um, transcontinental. <laughs> um, so initially I thought, there's no way I'm gonna get to do this fringe. And then as it crept up, I thought I always try and get through and do a week. And so I've done, I did a week's worth of gigs, So I did like 14 gigs in the space of 70s. Whereas it, it might take me two months to do 14 gigs, otherwise so it was brilliant it was really really good um and this was the first sort of full fringe experience since since covid so we were originally booked I was originally booked to do a show at the fringe just before like the first sort of covid year the very first main one fucking lockdown one L1 right LD1 <laughs> um so it never happened um so we got to I got to do a few shows it was it was brilliant but being a Glaswegian, I have been totally ignorant to the Fringe because obviously Glaswegians do not like to travel into Edinburgh. They do not like to admit that Edinburgh is good. And well, like, at the Fringe, at the Fringe, pure arts and all that, man. Pure. I don't think so, man. Right. Um. So totally ignorant. I mean, and then the only times I've been through the Fringe, I'm like, we well, we'll go through to the Fringe for a baby, soak up the atmosphere and all that." I see a show, man. Like, no, i do not know, to see a show, man. So, the first year I've gone through sort of as a comedian, and I was like, wow, this is just imagine ignoring this. You know, it's like being into, it's like being into WWE and not going to WrestleMania, you know, when it's <laughs> on your doorstep every year. Uh, you know, it's it was brilliant. Really, really good, good fun.
0: No, I'm glad to hear that. I think you definitely deserve these opportunities. And when, well, you know, last time you were here, like you'd mentioned before, you didn't even have a TikTok account. No. But I think it's fair to say that you've, gonna blow off a bit on that mate?
1: <laughs> uh I've, it's, it's been it's been great what's really funny is um probably coming back to the most central theme of the podcast and it's funny because i'm almost wanting to apologize for talking about all these things because i like i'm always worried about people listen we'll talk about something happy now because i don't want people to think all oh, right bleeding hearts going on about disability again <laughs> um the the tiktok thing so i was really we're all held back by fear, and i'm very outwardly i'm outwardly very confident right but well, of course, nobody's born confident, right? confident is something that you develop, and confidence is just an act. At the end of the day, it's an act, and you just do it that often that you kind of believe in yourself. You're confident. I'm just, as insecure as anyone. Um, it's probably when I was here last, and I was putting up wee clips on my Instagram. I was probably holding myself back because I'm so concerned about what my mates are going to think. Because your, your fear is oh, Gardner doing or hey, Mad Clip. Have you seen him doing fucking sketches and all that? Like that. I'm not seeing anyone was thinking that. But that's what I'm thinking that they're thinking, you know, so you're ruled by fear like anyone else. You're worried about what everyone else says. So TikTok, I wish I joined TikTok and walked down one when everybody else. I'd have a million followers on it but now, right? You know that was a classic. You know TikTok. I listen, I'm not an mate. You know what I mean? Like that was the part that people were hitting it with. You know, mm. like um, and I can't. Somebody else, a guy called Mikey Motion, really interesting, funny guy, right? A comedian. He's a bit off his head. He's he's a really good guy. Um, he puts up all these daft clips on Facebook and all that. I thought I need to do more of that. You know, sketches. And it was my friend as well, a guy called Jim Daly, who, and he gave a wee shout out to, really lovely guy, he's got a four-star reviewed show, it's on at the Fringe, it's called Football and Fatherhood, right, he talks about Tony Cascarino and his journey as a father, and what names mean to him and why he named his kid, out. so, and he said to me, I did comedy with him in London 10 years ago, and I never followed it through, as a course, uh, and I never followed it through, and he did, and he's a full-time comedian, he's an author, he's a podcaster, uh and he said to me oh you yeah, be video he said that's the type of thing you should put on tiktok and i think i put something on tiktok and it never happened or worked you know any time you upload anything you're like why is that not get five million views right forget it doesn't work so i put something up and i, I just ignored it i don't really know how it worked and i went back to it um and it's funny my name on tiktok is jamesy Cotter, right which is a character in Rabscene is but now i never watched rab scene is but just when i was growing up in somerson my, my older cousin shug and my pals, they used to call me James A. Cotter. Just rotten patter, for Wayne's, ah, James A., James Jamesy Cotter. And, dude, still to this day, they call me Cotter. So when when I'm 39, right, for any of the kids listening or watching, right, before social media, you had websites, right? And how you made pals, made pals in your life, but also going back to 2000, if you remember any of this, Paul, you used to have websites, and like you know, we done a website. It's called the Night Before website, nightbefore.com, and it was all about nights out in Glasgow. So people would log in and, like oh, I had a great night at the garage last night. Oh, I had a great night in the shack, and it was like, a, and it was a general forum where people would, you oh, know, my boyfriend's dumped me again, and people would be talking about, it, And, oh, has anybody seen the new Sopranos episode? So it was just, and you used to have to have usernames. You have to have a username and a wee, a wee. It's called an avatar, a wee picture, right? And they'd put up pictures of themselves. It was just all like... I don't know, somebody had a picture of Polly Walnuts, you know what I mean, and his username was called The Sopranos, and I was James e. Cotter. And when I had a Bebo, my name was James e. you know, because obviously all these other names were taken up. So I just put my name as James e. Cotter on TikTok, and it sounds that I still have my own picture, but it sounds daft. It just gave me that little bit more confidence to express myself because I thought, of my pals are on TikTok, nobody will see what I'm up to, and I can kind of just go on with it, right? And that's when I'm saying it out loud, I'm realising how absurd it is. But that's a fear, you know, you you can be held back from doing things that you want to do by yourself. You can be a mental prisoner at your own, you know, hostage, as it were. And you think, oh, I don't want to do. worry about what people are saying. And I just started doing the TikTok uh, clips and it's been brilliant, man. I think I've got like over 6 million views i've been in uh, a few newspapers i've been in glasgow live about five times right um so i think mark reynolds the footballer used to play for united in aberdeen right? name drop him. Uh, but Reynolds <laughs> replied how long has your dad been working <laughs> at glasgow live for <laughs> um, so it's been great it's been really really good and then really kindly my friend laura boyd i don't know if you know laura
0: I've I've heard that anymore. She's the
1: reporter on STV. She presents the What's On in Scotland show at half seven right. or seven o'clock. Uh, I've known Laura since I was 18. I used to DJ in the shack. She used to she used to come and uh, she worked at Scottish Television when I was at Satan. So we've been she's a dear friend, I mean, has been for a long time. She's got a column in the Sunday Mail uh, magazine. She's like, Oh, you you get a mention in my, my column and Sunday. Says, oh, great. I thought it was gonna be like a wee a big, a big column. And it's about, you know, the TikTok clips and all these sorts of things. So it's been it's been brilliant because I think we did a show on Sunday there and I think 12 people from TikTok came to see that show. Now, some people like, oh, might fucking 12 people, but you know, if you're doing shows at the fringe, you know, and you're getting 20 people, 25 people in your room, that's a, that's a good room. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, if you're Swayze McCabe, or Kevin Bridges or something like that, okay, you can expect to sell out, you know, hundreds and thousands, but you know, people came from tiktok you yeah. know didn't. what brings you here and a that or tiktok and that kind of blows me away that people have bothered to get on the train from glasgow to come through to edinburgh because like i say i'm from glasgow i would not go through edinburgh you know lightly you know what i mean because that class you Edinburgh shit. even though it's an amazing city uh, and people came you know and you know it was again i did a gig at the redundant saturday night somebody's messaging me on instagram "Oh, we saw you on tiktok brilliant so it's it's been really really good fun uh doing it i've i've enjoyed it and uh, that's me tiktok Daphne
0: it's amazing because i think it's you know you've done you've done a brilliant job in a re- raising awareness but also just what it should show you is letting yourself be your natural self and showing your personality for what it is connects with people and you're a really funny guy and the way that you've been able to let loose on tiktok has really came through and connected with folks so you you know you deserve all the credit in the world and i think that oh, as it goes on, you're just going to sell one more tickets, mate?
1: I think so. I think that's going back to the theme of the, the podcast, isn't it? All about ability. I, I believe everyone's got ability. You just need to tune into what their ability is. And like you say, for me, you know, I'm 39. You think, am I only just really starting to become comfortable being myself? You know what I mean? Or And that that's ongoing because you'll always go through peaks and troughs of hating yourself, self-loathing, self-doubt, then you'll go through the highs of oh, I've cracked it and all that. And then you go oh, no. Um so no, it has, it's, it's been it's been brilliant, even just to help develop your own your voice. And again, it's a different thing. So, you know, I, like stand-up comedy is a separate discipline, it's a different craft. I want to keep sort of doing that and be able to perform there. But because again, there's there's a wee bit of angst, you know, in, in sort of certain circles within the comedy world where you know, comedians will be like annoyed. And I'm talking about top class club comedians are getting annoyed that TikTokers that have got a hundred thousand followers, you know, guys that are reviewing tins of beans or some tins of beans or doing rotten uh, dances or whatever, a hundred thousand followers on TikTok, monetize that. You know, this top class, you know, working club comedians get two hundred. That's life, in it. You know, it's just you've got to, you've got to you've got to turn into that. But I'll tell you, I thought it was quite funny, but I noticed. At the Fringe, TikTok had a huge presence at the Fringe, huge, uh, they sponsored a few things, they've got a big TikTok kiosk you get into, in, but it's near the, the National Gallery, and you can get free coffee, and they're giving it goodies and all that, and I'm noticing seeing a boy, and he's got the same number of followers as me, and he's been put up in a hotel, and they're doing a treasure hunt for this comedy gig that's going on, this TikTok secret comedy <laughs> gig, and I'm right, I'm at I'm not involved, right? And I marched up to this TikTok kiosk like an angry parent whose son had not been invited to the party. And I was like, I was like, so how did I get into this? And they were just like, mate, we're, we're giving out t-shirts. Here. And I was like, yes, I know, but I've I've seen what's going on here, and I've got the same number of followers as this guy. And I, listen, I should be invited to this. And they're like, well, you know, um, well, well maybe you know, maybe, maybe we can maybe get you a ticket. And I'm like, oh, I don't want a ticket. I want to be on it, right? And then. Um, I saw yesterday uh, the person that they had doing the secret comedy gig was Alan Carr. <laughs> <laughs> Big man, you could have made the tea for the guy that was helping at Alan Carr, but it just, uh, you know, it was just, <laughs> what, what, you know. So I was like, all oh, right, right, okay, maybe I shouldn't be involved in that one then. Thanks very much. But um, no, not- it's
0: funny, mate. I, We We all have a tendency to get wrapped up of our own insecurities, and, securities and I, I have been the king of that for the past couple of years. But what's interesting is that the more you kind of develop an ability to self-reflect, you know, I'm kind of in a weird sort of process just now of of finally sort of accepting the fact that I don't need to carry this stuff. And your brain sort of automatically goes back to, well, you know, I need to be dependent on this person or dependent on that person or why are they not replying to me? Why is this happening like this or whatever the case? And, and your brain, I think, fundamentally wants to go back to what you're used to. And feeling those insecurities and feeling a certain way about yourself, but the more that you train, it's like a process of everyday training yourself, working hard to to acknowledge the fact that hey, you know, I have got a lot of positives. There's a lot upside to me, and somebody in my life that I might lose gets as much out of having me in their life as I do having them in my life. So it's acknowledging the fact that you are valuable. You are, you know, somebody that's bringing people a lot of laughter. And you're mentioning you mentioned a few times in this like. I don't want it to be like harping on about disability or, or you know, give people the wrong idea or whatever. But nothing about this is sad. It's all it's all actually very much an important conversation, and I want you to know that like every person with a disability appreciates that, and you should be proud of what you're doing, mate. Because I certainly am.
1: Well, I think it's thanks very much. I think it's it's something that I want to do more of. I think I spoke to you about about it before, and again, it's, it's funny because like you say, you, you just got it not slipping to what you say is the muscle memory and the muscle memory can be so many different things. It's like I've got a tendency to act up in front of people, you know, you know, when you're running comedians, you're like, I'm just fucking desperate for them to like me. And you almost want to go tell them all the things that you've done and then you go away going, Oh, what a dick you made of yourself there. <laughs> you know? And I actually just trying to just kind of be a bit more chill and just sitting down and going you don't need to try and make everyone like you. And also, everyone doesn't need to like you either. Like, And what I mean by that is, it'd be nice if they did. I mean, I would like everyone to like me. But equally, you might not be somebody's cup of tea. And that's all right. That's not because they're a bad person. Like, sometimes there's a tendency to frame it that way. You're like, ah, oh, he's a dick. I don't like him. You know, you just, he just might not He just might be too noisy for him. You know, that's, that might, just might yeah. be too loud. And I won't just leave him alone. You know, and it's, it's trying to not to fall into the muscle memory of, acting up like that in the you know in those situations and I like you say with the talking to disability thing I think you're right like for example Alexander my brother is as happy a person as you will meet you know Alexander in a lot of ways you know some people think oh, he's got it really hard he absolutely has but he doesn't know that he's got it hard as well in a lot of ways he's happy you know, wakes up every morning. He's kind of pretty happy every day. Um, you know, he's, he's got all the people he needs to have around him. You know, he's got the things that make him happy. You know, so like you say, there's and we we laugh. He brings us laughter and joy every day. You know, just talking about how he communicates. You know, and I'm saying fucking hell dad was in there, and he went, "Oh, I know, I know." And then he'll start, you know we're talking about something and in fact my girlfriend and I popped up to see him and two of his carers were there and were talking and my, my brother doesn't like dogs right because I think his fear is they jump up on the wheelchair and he can't tell the dog get off get done right so you know he's never liked any of the dogs that we've had in the house and I, you know my girlfriend and I we've got a wee dog and I always joke so I bring Toby up Alexander and he just goes like that yeah. and I'm like what do you the dogs Al and he looks at his hand say fuck off you hate dogs Aye, right <laughs> um and we started talking and I'm, and I'm putting on voices mimicking so what i do is i put on voices to speak for our i'm like, james i fucking hate every dogs on the telly shite lassie shite boring right and he, he's putting his eyes up on that i mean that that is the worst program ever lassie a program about a dog forget it and then i was going the only Doug, I like James, right? The only one, Doug, is Scooby-Doo. My brother's going like, eyes up, yes. <laughs> and then my brother, right, just looks at you. He's trying to tell you something. And you're going, what is it, Al? There's a, something else. Uh-huh, what is it? There's another dog that you like, right? Is it a film? Uh-huh. Right, I don't film, don't. going do through all these things and all that. I'm like, the rescuers, the borrowers. Is it a Disney? Is it a Disney movie? Ah, it's a Disney movie. You, you like... Features are, does all dogs go to heaven? Not, and that's the thing, it's needling a haystack because how do you get something out of what he's trying to tell you? Yeah, we're in his flat and he's got like looking down, he's got decks for him because he loves music. and He's looking down, his flight case is full of records, he's looking down. What is it? And there's a clue in there, right? Because also, we become we become lazy because it's hard work figuring out what Alexander's trying to say, and then you need to get his book out, which got loads of wee icons on it, and you go row by row line by line is it that and then you add on that clue so sometimes you go right i'll, I'll t- figure it out later so you do shush him yeah that's not like fair but it's also not unfair because also so that's the that's the difference of complex needs because like you say particularly when you're his family and you're so tired by looking after him living your own life whereas the carers can give him more attention so anyway looking at this Box, I'm like, Let's lift up the box. All he can see, because my brother can't move, is just the tops of all these vinyls stuck together, you know? So it's not like he can see the covers. He can see the tops of the LPs. That's how I used to play his music for him when I was five or six years old. And I would run my hand over the top of the box of the record like that, and he would go uh, eyes up, and, he, and he'd, he'd know where the record was. So anyway, I'm like, ah, gone out to the vinyl. Right to the front, he went, Aye, front. So I start lifting up the record one. Was that one? No. Is it that one? No. I'm thinking, is, is there a soundtrack in here? Is there an easy out to this? What's up? Oh, Billy Joel? He's like, oh, aye. Fucking mean, Billy Joel. Did he do the soundtrack for, uh, for the song? No. Billy Joel. He's still looking at me. I, is Billy Joel in it? Oh, aye, aye. It is. You know what it turned out? I had to Google it. He'd seen a film and it was that. Uh, it's like the Disney version of Oliver and Billy Joel plays the, the, the character, the, the, which is a dog. He went, I quite like that character. <laughs> and you just think the recall, how he's been able to think of that and tell you that from a canvas of nothing. Yeah. That, that blows my mind. Do you know what I mean? I'm going, where did you see it, out? He said, was it recently? I cause by the way, he's telling us, where's it from? It was from the eighties, alright. He was about three years out, so if you're ninety one night and he said it was the eighties. So when did you watch it? Was it here in your flat? no Was it Mum and Dad's? Aye, Mum and Dad's. But was it on DVD? No. Was it on VHS? No. Was it on Netflix? And I'm going, ow, it can't be anything else. Right? My brother, when he gets angry mm, look, right right look at your fingers to tell you fuck off? It is something else. Disney Plus he watched it on <laughs> Do you know what I mean so like it, it, you're like stuff like that stuff like that blows our minds and he will tell you stuff like that all the time tell you somebody you know he, he one day told me about it was my brother-in-law's mum's birthday okay I don't think my brother-in-law's birthday has never mind his mum he told us the date and so you never know what he's thinking and mm-hmm. how he's able to get it across is is unbelievable and yeah, right it's you know there is tendency to think and associate just sympathy and sorrow and despair and all those things exist but actually i would say that the, the overwhelming majority of it is is positive and that's the thing people say oh that them people i've got a brother who's disabled to go oh god god bless him must be so hard and you're like he's fucking happy though. Know? you know so that's the thing people think it's yeah. a life less lived but it's not it's not less lived you know it, it is a, a life that is lived fully to the fullest and enjoyed to the fullest. But as you said, that social model of disability would suggest that, oh, he's only living a wee bit of his life. But it's not the case.
0: I Man, that's amazing. I think I would talk to you all day, but I think that's a brilliant point to probably wrap up on because I'm very aware of the fact that we have a busy day in the green room today. No problem. I'm not entirely. How long are we waiting for? I are definitely touching cloth yeah. <laughs> <That's> fine. I'm <laughs> um, happy
1: with that okay, I could see you doing that don't worry I, I was aware that was like a TV producer's instinct there where no, you're I, just going you're going like right James let's just wrap this up
0: <laughs> no listen mate I would talk to you all day I think you, your story is amazing and the point you finish on there I think wraps up quite well in a bowl if you like And that's, that's
1: why I was doing it because I knew it was the last <laughs> point that is the old, <laughs> that was the old TV presenter's charm coming out there
0: that's, It was. A, it's honestly like, like I'm going to remember this conversation for the rest of my days, so honestly. like I think what you're doing is fantastic and it's going to help people with disabilities all throughout the world. So keep going, keep pushing. And the TikTok and, and your, your platforms are going to keep growing because you can tell that the main thing about you, mate, is you want to do good, you want to help other people. And I'm very grateful that you came on and shared your story today again.
1: Not at all. Thanks for having me. And I look forward to number three before Darren Connell. <laughs> all right. <laughs>